All right, everybody, and we're back. Another episode of the podcast here for the week. So this episode is about some pretty personal shit to me. Um, A few days ago, I actually celebrated my one year of sobriety from a major addiction that I had been battling for many, many years. And believe it or not, that addiction was to alcohol. I am an alcoholic, and, you know, I'm really proud to actually say that I've been sober for a year now and it was really difficult because I had decided to get clean uh, during the coronavirus pandemic um, in May of 2020. So going to AA meetings, I mean, that really wasn't a possibility for me. So I bought Alcohol Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, handbook, the big blue book as they call it, and uh, relied on a lot of sort of inward looking, um, getting on YouTube and listening to, you know, pre-recorded AA meetings with actually really well-known people, like uh, celebrities that were recovered alcoholics, um, you know, and just reading a lot and trying to understand and do, doing some research and understanding how I became an alcoholic. Um, so I wanted to talk to talk to you guys about that today Um, and hopefully there might be some of you out there that this can help if you're battling some sort of addiction in your life be it to drugs alcohol sex you know whatever Um, and you're needing some help you know hopefully this episode can provide you with with some sort of direction or you know guiding light maybe I don't know but uh, without further ado let's get the show going welcome to the Leaving Weakness Podcast. It's a song. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not going to have your mommies run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches. Oh no. It's time now to turn this mush into muscles. It's very difficult to continue moving forward towards a life of prosperity if you don't admit the necessary changes that you need to make to keep going further. One of those changes for me was admitting that I had been a high-functioning alcoholic for nearly a decade and that it was absolutely imperative for me to set my ego aside and be truthful with myself and this addiction for for once and and ask for help um and over i'll be honest with you guys being a year sober ever it wasn't always easy by no means but the past year has brought me a level of clarity that i couldn't have imagined and my life has improved in every single way possible my wife uh, has been extremely supportive through this endeavor And I honestly don't really think that I could have been as successful without her by my side, with her support. And even though, as I mentioned earlier, traditional AA meetings were pretty much virtually impossible when I first started to get clean, um, you know, due to the COVID-19 bullshit, the one-on-one meetings and phone calls that I did get from people from Alcoholics Anonymous was absolutely crucial in me winning this battle. So, some of you might be wondering, you know, what happened? 
Well, I didn't get arrested. <laughs> I didn't get in fights. I didn't cheat on my wife. I didn't go out and get a bunch of uh, public intoxications, and I didn't miss you know work. You know, I, I still maintained my websites and rental properties and everything like that. But drinking alcohol just was not fun to me anymore, and I had gained a really sad and serious dependency on it in order to just get through the day, not to mention deal with the slightest form of stress. So I continued to dismiss my alcohol consumption as being a legitimate and real problem. And because of that, I allowed my mental, my emotional, and my physical well-being to all slowly deteriorate. And you know, it's this fucked up cycle that I found myself going into. I was constantly repeating the same pattern of living. You know, negative thought patterns and a lack of vision inhibited me from achieving the many great things that I had once set my heart on and I had achieved in my past. And I had these fucking, I don't know, bad visions of becoming that old asshole who gets fucked up at the bar at Applebee's every single night after work. You know, the guy who's sitting there incoherently just sitting there rambling to everybody about how terrible his life is and about how great he used to be, and he's belligerently talking shit about how every everyone else has it easier than him, all the while they're just sitting there getting fucked up and never doing anything themselves to improve their life. Now, towards the end of my... I don't know what you'd call it. My, I'm still addicted to alcohol. I just don't partake. But towards the end of my use of alcohol, I was looking for any excuse I could to get a buzz on. You know, dinners, celebrations, birthdays, holidays, but fucking especially holidays. Uh, <laughs> if it was hot outside, then I needed a drink. If it was raining outside, then I would drink. Any reason, no fucking reason drink. I would have this dialogue in my head, and I'm sure some of you out there might empathize with what I'm getting ready to say, but I live inside of my head a lot. You know, I'm constantly thinking about things rather than kind of experiencing life in its physical form. I'm kind of like living inside of my head, and I would have this fucked up dialogue inside of my brain where I would tell myself that I drink to deal with stress. And the holiday seasons were especially stressful anyways. And that it was all good to get fucked up because I was using it as a way to alleviate social inhibitions. And over the course of a few years, I allowed my alcohol use to develop into a full-blown reliance from usually starting around 10 a.m. till the time I went to sleep. And... You know, my alcoholism temporarily weakened the potential of leavingweakness.com because I slacked off on what really mattered to me, which was my family's well-being, my financial success through entrepreneurism, and my health. You know, there was a uh, quote that I read whenever I first started contemplating, you know, admitting that I had a problem. There was this quote that I read by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And it, it, this this quote really fucking haunted me, and it was, 
First you take a drink, then the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes you. And I actually found myself contemplating as to whether I even had an, uh, an addiction problem. And that's because I am, or I always will be anyways, a high-functioning alcoholic. So the stereotype of an alcoholic is, and this is the general stereotype, and I used to have this as well, even whenever I was in my full-blown alcoholism. The stereotype is someone who gets blackout drunk, gets fucking DUIs, loses everything, and just can't keep their shit together. Kind of like Nicolas Cage's character in uh, that movie, Leaving Las Vegas, which he did an amazing job in that movie. I'm actually a big Nick Cage fan, but that was not me at all, okay? I still worked my ass off every day. I operated my businesses, and I provided for my family, but I did all of these things with a heavy buzz on alcohol. You know, I would get a, a morning workout in or whatever and kind of, you know, get the kids to school. And then, you know, around nine ten o'clock, man, I was cracking a, a bottle of bourbon open. And I very rarely would get drunk, but having a buzz was just right for me because I could still get the things done that, I, that needed to be taken care of and that alcohol inside of me, you know, to, to me, alcohol is not a, it's not one of those things that makes me tired like it does some people. To me, it's like liquid jet fuel. Like I feel like I can do anything, you know, and it relaxes my brain a little bit, just enough to where I, I lose a lot of inhibitions to be adventurous and shit. And, you know, the the general assessment of a high-functioning alcoholic is someone who has more than three drinks daily. Man, I was having two to three times that much just to focus on shit and calm my brain down and relax and feel confident enough to do shit. And the biggest danger of this type of alcoholism, now that I can look back at it, is that it usually goes unnoticed by people because the addict is highly responsible, they take care of their duties, and is usually in a position of power, uh, which makes it all that much harder to get clean because it's unlikely that anyone is going to intervene. And anyone you may confide in might might not even take you seriously because they'll find it so absurd because you don't fit the alcoholic stereotype. And that was my problem. People thought I was bullshitting them whenever I would go to family members' stuff, you know? They were like, you? No way. Get the fuck out of here. And when I came to terms with the fact that I may have developed a, a serious dependency, I decided to take a break from drinking, okay? And I think it's very important to point out that I never intended to actually give up drinking permanently. I just thought that I would take a week or two off, give it a break, reset my tolerance, you know, and then come back under control just drinking in moderation. But (sighs) I was horrified to realize that when I tried to stop, that's when I realized I had a serious fucking problem that I was dealing with because I couldn't just fucking stop. Uh, there was definitely a period of time where, where, where I just couldn't, couldn't quit and I was trying my best to, but if I went a few days without alcohol, I would end up drinking way more booze 
than I should have in order to just compensate for it. You know, it was like I had to make up for it or some shit. Um, I couldn't just have a glass of wine, guys. I had to have the whole fucking vineyard. And, you know, there's another quote here the, that Albert Einstein had, and it's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting some sort of different result. So I found myself repeating the same cycle over and over again. I would wake up late, usually feeling like complete dog shit from drinking more than I should have, not getting drunk, just getting a really heavy buzz. And I would sometimes skip my morning workouts or just put in a half-ass workout my nutrition was spotty at best, and my work output, while they're still there in quantity, would greatly suffer in quality. And I would just tell myself that I was done drinking, and I would never do this to myself again. Then later in the evening, I would allow myself to get stressed out and let the anxiety take over, seclude myself away, and hit the bottle again the same evening. And... I just kept repeating the same cycle and having the same conversation with myself the next morning over a hangover and over again. And I was hiding my addiction from my friends and my family and, you know, the whole world. And I want to tell you guys how I was able to become sober. Uh, For me, alcohol was almost like a stimulant. While it relaxed my anxiety, and especially social anxiety, it always made me feel like I could focus my thoughts more pointed, and that allowed me to feel like I could accomplish more. For lack of a better words, it really was like liquid encouragement. But one of the worst traits that my alcoholism brought out was this annoying habit of being extremely argumentative and always ready to win a debate. While not verbally abusive by any means, I certainly don't feel like I was any pleasure to be around, and I'm sure my family was pretty fucking miserable, you know. However, even they did not know how much I was drinking on a daily basis because I had gotten so good at doing it secretively. I literally had two full-fifths of John Beam stashed in various places throughout the house in really inconspicuous places, you know, places people would never, never think. There was even a bottle of vodka stashed in just, you know, one of those small little pints of vodka stashed in just about every room in the house, just in some sort of weird fucked-up place, just no one would ever think to look, you know, crazy shit. And I guess in the back of my alcoholic mind at that point, I knew things were getting out of hand, but I kept letting my ego persuade me that I could just stop whenever I wanted. I just didn't want to stop yet. What a fucking dumbass, right? All right, so let's talk about when the shit finally hit the fan, right? And my demons kind of reared their ugly head to the world. So I used to buy all the booze at the same place that we do all of our grocery shopping, which is, it's it's a Kroger here in town. However, I was getting booze 
at a different time than when we were picking up groceries because I didn't want to hear a bunch of shit from my family. Um, I didn't want to be ridiculed about my consumption issues. And even if I did get shit, I would, like an asshole, I would ridiculously iterate that I need so much more because I'm six foot three and I have a muscular frame, so it just takes more for me. What an asshole excuse. So once the coronavirus hit, uh, my wife got this app for uh, the grocery store that we go to, this Kroger, right? And it would allow her to place orders online and just uh, have it picked up. However, I wasn't aware that that app had just integrated a feature that would show every single thing that we had purchased uh, with our Kroger card prior to this. Now, a Kroger card is like a discount card. You, you get like 10, 20% off just for using your card and being a member or whatever. And it integrated all of our purchases with this just prior to us signing up. And it showed all the transactions somewhere in this fucking app uh, where we used our discount card, right? So everything that we bought with this discount card, like it had history integrated. And believe me, I am... <laughs> I'm a penny-pinching motherfucker, and I use that discount card every time I purchase booze, man, because I wanted the discount, right? And I remember getting a call from my wife one day while she was at her mom's, and she was crying her eyes out, and she sounded absolutely fucking devastated. So she explained to me the new features on the grocery app, and she said that she could not believe how much alcohol I had been buying. She told me that she thought that I had a very very serious problem and that I needed to get help for the sake of our family. And at first she was wondering like what I was doing with all this stuff. Like, was I giving this to somebody or what the fuck was I doing? You know, I had to admit, no, it's all been going inside of me. And, you know, I knew right there at that point, you know, getting caught that I had betrayed her trust and that I could quite literally lose everything that I cared about if I did not face this addiction. So I stopped drinking at that very moment because I was absolutely disgusted with myself. Um, you know, I've always been one of those people that believes that being completely honest with the people that are close in your life is the best policy and that secrets and lies destroy lives. And I had totally gone against everything that I believed in by pulling this bullshit for a few years. So, like I said, I stopped drinking at that very moment. It was the last drink I, I had was that morning. And the next day, I became a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Which, you know, it's kind of a dumb thing to say. A, a member, you don't really have to be a member of AA. You know, you just have to participate in, well, really, you just... Don't fucking drink. <laughs> you know, the coins are up to you. And, um, you know, I've proudly been sober since May 15th of 2020. And uh, I don't regret it. You know, my Alcoholics Anonymous Serenity coins are very important to me. You know, I just got my one-year coin, chip, whatever you want to call it. So let's talk about the benefits of being sober. My life has literally improved in every single way since the moment I became honest with myself. When I admitted that I had a severe alcohol addiction, 
that I couldn't just break alone, that's when true repair of my life began. So, you know, through the help of Alcoholics Anonymous and my family and doing some really deep soul searching, I realized that this was a decade-long issue that I had been struggling with for a long time. And I, you know, had finally kind of reached the boiling point with this thing. And what was even more impactful was the physiological breakdown that I had to kind of do on myself about why I became an alcoholic. And that really allowed me to realize the negative parts of my past that I really needed to understand and come to terms with in order to really keep moving forward. And the physical improvements have been fucking amazing. Sure, the first few days of detoxing, man, it was pretty miserable. It was like having the flu and sweating and just this insatiable craving that for alcohol that just wouldn't go away. But every day um, after the height of the detox brought me more pronounced feelings of well-being. Um, it was around the fifth day of being alcohol-free that I started to notice that I was uh, sweating a lot less, you know, whenever you detox from something, you, you sweat like crazy, you have cold chills and things like that. And it was around the fifth, sixth or seventh day, I think that I started to notice that I was losing a shit ton of subcutaneous water weight. You know, there was this, all this water bloat from alcohol that was finally starting to leave. And some, there's some important things to consider here is that the body holds on to stored water when it's dehydrated. And I was literally subjecting myself to being constant in a constant state of dehydration. So, you know, if I finally was drinking tons of water throughout the day instead of alcohol and getting back on a good supplement regimen. And it's, it's really important to consider just how calorie dense alcohol is. I mean, there's a whopping seven fucking calories for each gram of alcohol. Uh, so if you put that in perspective, each gram of fat contains nine calories and proteins and carbs only have four grams. So a traditional shot is going to have about 15 grams of alcohol and that's, so that's about 105, 110 calories per shot. So other than fat, an alcohol group is the the most ca calorie dense thing you could put in your body, so it's really not fucking good for you. These calories add up really fast when there's a dependency involved. So needless to say, I was dropping some serious shit weight pretty fast. Um, now within the first week, my energy levels started to improve exponentially. I would typically start drinking early in the mornings, like I told you guys earlier, and just keep going throughout the day to sustain a buzz. And it was like I could keep going if I stayed in motion. But the second that I would, you know, just sit down, it's like all that booze and shit just would kind of hit me. And I would have like this extreme lethargy that would take over and be on the verge of falling asleep. So, you know, after the first couple weeks of, you know, detoxing, you know, man, it's like I had all kinds of fucking energy again. It's like I felt like a teenager or some shit. And I think that's just because I had done so much damn damage to my body that, you know, I was finally getting back into a good health and I, I'm 
probably didn't have the energy <laughs> that I did when I was a teenager. I just kind of felt like it because it had been so long since I had known that. So, and then, you know, the, the quality of my workouts improved because I was working out with more intensity, more intensity, and I was doing it on a more frequent basis. And, you know, my all, all around endurance had improved and, I'll tell you all something else. You know, I've always been really honest and open about my anabolic use and what compounds I use as far as um, from an enhancement standpoint, you know, with bodybuilding stuff. And because of the state of my alcoholism years ago, um, I found myself getting in this really fucking bad place where I was taking a lot more comp a lot more milligrams of compounds than I should have to make up for the shitty fitness regimen that I was half ass maintaining. So I wasn't lifting consistently as I should and all this other shit. So I was making up for it by taking more gear and stuff. And that that's not fucking healthy either. So you know, and hey, I was able to get back on a normal sleep schedule and start giving a shit about my diet again. And those two are like the most important things. So as as great as the overall physical benefits of getting sober have been, um, the greatest improvements came uh, with my family life and my mental well-being. I wouldn't have been successful in getting sober if it weren't for the support of my wife and my family. I'm just going to tell you all that right now. Because once I got honest with myself and started telling my family the truth about this secret of addiction, my number one priority was not only staying sober, but working to regain their trust again, okay? Um, They know that they have the best version of Scott again. Um, Now that I'm clean, they've got the best me. I let that fucking bottle, man, become my best friend and it turned out to be my worst enemy that I've ever had. And I am no longer poisoning my brain and filling my body up with feelings of paranoia and anxiety constantly. And it's really ironic that I relied on alcohol to self-medicate anxiety issues. And it all it really did was kind of exacerbate the problems. You know, I can attribute some of the worst times of my life to having a distorted thought process while using alcohol, honestly. Um, but I'm no more. And the level of clarity I have regained is so serene that it kind of feels like operating a computer that's running on Windows 95. And since I've quit using alcohol, it's like I upgraded that bitch to Mac iOS. And my financial prosperity has also improved um, because I'm once again focusing on that as a priority. And I'll tell you that a major aspect of this has been maintaining a daily priority journal. And I spend 10 minutes every single morning filling out this planner journal type thing. And doing that allows me to do three things. Gain perspective from the past, which is the day before or the weeks before, because I can look back through this thing. Um, It allows me to have daily goals to work towards you know, a path to walk down. And most importantly, it helps me hold myself accountable in all aspects of my life. You know, 
I put everything in this planner, you know, what kind of workout I'm going to do the next morning, you know, what I'm going to do with my family, what financial shit I need to look at, what stuff I need to do for work on leaving weakness, you know, all these things go in there. And I review my accomplishments at the end of the day and I make notes about what I did well on. And I also consider maybe what I could have done better with. And I'll tell you all, if you all want to get on Amazon or whatever, the exact one I use is called a Panda Planner. But there's some, you know, cheaper ones on Amazon that I think actually Amazon's brand is. But you just type in Panda Planner and you guys will find the exact one that I use. It's a fucking awesome product. Um, but I suggest one of these type of things or this sort of little trick or whatever, using a, a journal planner for anyone who's serious about improving their life. Because, you know, it takes goal setting to make improvements in life. Now, I'll tell you, to anyone who's out there struggling with addiction, you need to know that most people have addictions of some sort, whether it's porn, drugs, gambling, booze, and probably the most, in my opinion, the most prevalent addiction we have right now is social media. But even if you think that you have a problem that it's not going to matter about getting clean from it unless you actually want to get clean for you. Okay. You can't sit there and get clean for somebody else. You have to do it for you. This is where you have to be selfish. Cause if you try and do it for someone else, man, you, you're not going to be successful. Well, most people aren't successful for it. I did it for me because I wanted to keep my family and I was tired of my life feeling like it was falling apart. If you do it for you, you will fight for that shit. Most people fail in sobriety from what I've seen through all the AA meetings. Most people fail because they aren't doing it for themselves. You got to do it for yourself because you want it. Okay? Now... The other thing that I would advocate for is setting your bullshit ego aside, putting your big boy pants on, and getting really fucking real with yourself. Don't be like me and think that as long as you can stop drinking or giving into this addiction for a day or two, that you can just give it up at any time. Or that since you're not desperate enough to drink hand sanitizer or cologne, that you don't have a problem. That's the mindset of an addict rationalizing their substance reliance. You know, I used to sit there and think, well, I'm not sitting here drinking hand sanitizer, so it must not be that bad. You know, that's, that's just the mind of an addict. So if you're wondering if you've got a problem, then you probably do have a problem. So get that ego shit aside and ask for help. Now, the three main tools that I had in my corner were family support, um, being involved with Alcoholics Anonymous, and then the third thing, you know, might be, some people might not like this, but I utilized Kratom to combat withdrawals. Um, and I think Kratom, if you use it responsibly, is a, is a life-saving medicine. And I'm here to tell you that this battle is a real bitch sometimes because you don't, and you don't have to do it alone, guys. There are more people than you could ever imagine that can and want to help you, okay? So 
you know, if you need someone to talk to or whatever, guys, you know, you can shoot me an email, admin at Leaving Weakness, and I'll help in whatever capacity I can or at least send you some resources that help me out. So hopefully this podcast, um, if it even helps one person out, then it was worth recording it. And the whole point is to tell my story here and maybe there's someone out there that needs help that this resonated with, guys. So want you all to consider some of the things I said. And maybe, you know, maybe that person that needs help isn't the person that's listening right now. Maybe you're listening to this and you're seeing some of the things that I went through in someone that you love and care about. And maybe you can help recognize a problem and just reach out to that person and say, hey, are you okay? Do you need help? You know, so anyways, guys been good and we'll talk to you next week on the next episode.